0: What's up, everyone? Chris Sabalero. I just want to remind you that the 2023 EMS Trend Survey is now open. This is your opportunity to share your thoughts. EMS field providers, leadership, and educators from all service types are invited to participate. Share your input by March 15th, and you'll be entered for a chance to win a $50 Amazon gift card. Results will be shared in the digital edition what paramedics want in 2023. Make your voice heard at ems1.com slash 2023trendsurvey. Mr. Producer, go ahead and start the music. Well, here it is. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go Inside EMS. This is the show that examines everything that's happening inside of EMS, We're excited to be with you the 10th year of the Inside EMS podcast, and with me always is my faithful companion, is that, can we say that, faithful companion, Kelly Grayson, KG, what's going on?
1: not much, man, 10 years, 10 years, this this has officially been the longest relationship of my life, and I, I don't know how to feel about that, man.
0: You keep saying that, and it really kind of hurt. You know, it startles me every time you say that. But
1: uh, what is ten- a what- faithful companion like I'm I'm your, your Don Quixote and I'm Sancho Panza? or That's right. Cagney and Lacey or Starsky and
0: Hutch or, you know, but uh, <laughs> Han Solo and Chewbacca? <sighs> there you go, man. Hey, what's the 10-year anniversary gift? You know, when you're married 10 years, you know, it tells you what you should get, one year's paper. What's 10 years, though?
1: That's a good question. I, well, look I, it up, I,
0: Kelly Grayson. you got a computer right in front of you. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to be with you today. And, uh, you know, Kelly Grayson does a lot of writing for Inside EMS. You know, I made the comment, over 10 years, we've done 600 or so episodes. Kelly writes for the uh, Free MS-1. I write for MS one Kelly, I don't know that anyone has produced more content for EMS1 than Chris Sabalero and Kelly Grayson. What do you think about that? That's going to probably set some people off on the uh, on the uh oh, research link, prob- Yeah,
1: there are probably people that that absolutely hate that. But uh yeah. no, it's you you're right. Uh, I've been writing for EMS1 They were there were um uh, kind enough to give me a platform 12, 13 years ago, maybe it's even longer. A than that. Yeah. And I have been uh, I've been writing roughly a dozen columns a year. Uh, since that time so i'm I'm creeping up on number 200 uh for the things i've written for ems one and uh it's been a good relationship i've i've enjoyed every step of the way
0: well certainly this platform has been great for all of us and uh, yeah, we enjoy happens. it and we may go for another 10 years we'll be wheeling in here in our wheelchairs and still talking <laughs> about what's going on inside of ems but anyway kelly i, I want to go ahead and shift gears you know You wrote an article that I read the other day, it was actually March 1st, 2022, Uh, and this is one of the most read articles on EMS1, by the way, 10 Ways to Ruin a Good EMT, and I was thinking about this as I was kind of talking about retention and recruitment, Mm -hmm. and it seems that we are always looking for the best EMT that we can find for us to hire. And And I think that... You know, I think that one of the things that's really bad about that is we're forgetting the people that we've invited into our organization to help us be successful. And we need to grow them into the best, you know, professional and the best employee that we, you know, we're looking for this unicorn, you know, EMS provider. And we're forgetting the people who uh, are in our organization that have some knowledge, that have some skill, that have some ability. And we can really now grow them into the unicorn uh, uh, EMS provider, but instead... We continually try to attract people. You know, one of the things that I believe is we need to take low-performing employees and bring them to solid or middle performers. Then we need to take our middle performers. We need to help them grow to high performers. And then we need to re-recruit our high performers into our organization. You know, I was doing a leadership talk yesterday in uh, Frankfurt, Kentucky at the Buffalo Trace Distillery, let's just say I came home with some oh, souvenirs. Man. Yep, yep. <laughs> and um but I was doing it with our friend Scott Helly and Um, One of the things that we were talking about, though, was the recruitment and retention issue. And I think that we need to remember, is EMS a career field, is EMS a stepping stone. We need to help people get to where they want to be. And then there will be a line of people who are wanting to sign up at our organization because they know that we're going to invest in their professional development. But anyway, blah, 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 right? But this goes, I think, this is where where (laughs) I found your article of saying that um, you know how 10 ways to ruin an EMT and I thought it'd be great to talk about today Kelly so this is your article and the number one uh, thing that you put on here is there's a rush or there's a shortcut to the onboarding process
1: yeah yeah we we this is the mistakes uh made in in recruiting and retaining employees is not something as unique to ems this is this is something uh mistakes managers make on a continual basis uh we they don't know how to interact and appreciate uh and compensate their employees well uh, and as a result pretty much every company has uh, except for the the highest performing companies that get it uh have a problem retaining people um but when you're when you're desperate for meat in the seat, as we say, um, when when the shorting uh, the staffing shortages is, is as it's as bad as it's been uh, lately, uh, there's this rush to put people in the in the truck and and get Hold them a second.
0: Let me stop you, Kelly. Is there really a a shortage of EMS and paramedics, or are they just not coming to our agency? But I didn't Uh, mean to cut you off, but I thought I want to keep – people keep saying, you know, EMS shortage, you know, uh, uh, EMT, paramedics. I don't know that there's a shortage.
1: I just think they're not coming
0: to us. But go ahead. I'm
1: sorry. We have more people nationally registered now than we ever have been. Um, and, uh, what we have is a shortage of people who are willing to work under horrible conditions for chump change and, and be unappreciated and they're going elsewhere. And, and that's the problem. We go like, Oh, we just can't keep people in trucks. No, you're for the most part, you're driving them off. In many cases, uh, and and rushing the onboarding process is, is one of those. Uh, there's a learning curve to every agency, and every agency approaches EMS in a slightly different fashion. It's, what's the old saying, Chris? If you've seen one EMS agency, you've seen one EMS agency. Um, and when you rush that onboarding process because you think someone has adequate clinical skills and they know how to document and 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 now they have a uh, they've been fitted with a uniform and given a, a name badge that they're ready to rock, um, and you turn these people loose and and you say in your leadership stuff that you have to give people the tools to succeed, and part of the the uh, an integral part of that. Is giving them the tools to succeed at your agency, uh, having them them well versed in agency culture and the way thing they like to do things and and uh, the the ins and outs and and that sort of thing. And when you throw them in with the the sink or swim method, uh, quite a few of them uh, struggle and sink, uh, yeah. and that that kind of sours the the experience from the very get go. You can't rush the onboarding process. You know, and this is one of the things that we go into the psychology of organizational
0: leadership yeah. and there's a process called organizational socialization. And organizational yes. socialization starts with the application process of people thinking about being part of this 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 great organization and uh then they get into it and as you mentioned uh they
1: rush it uh and then I think it goes with number 2 Kelly. I think number well, 2 is you really know what it reminds me of Chris you know what the, the whole rushing the onboarding and, and ignoring the onboarding is to, to piggyback on that. It reminds me of the, uh, of the Vietnam era war movies where they get the new guys into the unit rotated in and everyone treats them like they're dirt. They're the FNGs and and that sort of thing. And they make them all point and, and all that kind of stuff because um, there's this unspoken message that your life is not as valuable as the, as the short timers who've been there a while. Um and and that's that's something that's gotta change. Yeah.
0: And, but it goes to your number two point of you pair them with an object lesson rather than a mentor. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about here really kind of goes into the point of saying that, you know, there are openings on trucks for reasons. Mm -hmm. And there are people that don't want to work on trucks for reasons. And then what do they do to ensure that they're pairing up everybody? They put those new EMTs with the people who are a little crispy around the edges. So
1: what do you give us there? Well, that that's, you know, that is the biggest reason that I say experience is vastly overrated um, because many people have, uh, there are a few paramedics at, at an agency that have 25 years of experience. There's many, many others with one year of experience repeated 25 times. And uh, a lot of times experience has told them how to be jaded, cynical, uh, and where all the free Wi-Fi spots are, and, and how to get uh, EMS discounts at the local fast food joints, and that's all that their experience has taught them. So, what you have is someone who is a bit crispy and burnout, and can't hold a good partner. And this is who you are choosing to mentor and shape your brand new impressionable EMT. Uh, you stick them with the first hole in the schedule, and there's a hole in that schedule for a reason because that guy's a jerk and. They 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 come into EMS thinking that jerks are the default and this is how they're supposed to operate. Uh, yeah, you can't you can't put them with an object lesson. You have to put them with a mentor. And and mentors usually have partners that they keep for a while. Um, and uh, there's rarely an opening on their truck. You have to create those openings.
0: Yeah, you know I think that that's a good one. And we're going to go ahead and jump to number five, Kelly uh certainly we don't have the time in a 30 minute show to go over all 10 but because number I'm so darn five
1: thorough.
0: huh because i'm so darn thorough that's why i don't know what it is it's because you're so long-winded you give me shorter answers like we you go through more i mean jesus but anyway um but number five is important and i think it's worth jumping to because i think that we do this ourselves that we don't uh, uh examine it but we're intolerant to mistakes you know, yes. in my book Ultimate Leadership, Ten Rules for Success, those were the rules that I had to develop to be a good leader. I've talked on this show that I was horrible as a leader. I was egotistical. I pointed my finger. I swore at the workforce. I was I was one of these leaders that I talk about today. And this is why I think I have the credibility of, you know, transitioning myself. But in my book, Ultimate Leadership, I talk about rule number seven, experience comes from mistakes and mistakes come from lack of experience. You know, we've sold this bill of goods that mistakes are bad, but this is how we learn, Kelly. But number five, people are intolerant to the newbie's mistakes.
1: Yeah. And this is people, people have this assumption that when you have a new EMT, uh, they move into this evaluation mode rather than staying in teaching mode. Uh, you see this problem commonly with preceptors that really don't know how to precept. Uh, they're, they're in this show me what you got, kid, uh, kind of mode, uh, when in reality uh, there's, there's very little difference between uh, the new guy uh, and the marginally incompetent dumbass that he was last week, except for successfully passing a test. Um, and, and there is still a great deal to learn and we don't, we don't mentor them. Uh, well, it's a, it goes back to the first thing. We just threw them into the, into the deep end of the pool. And then when we make mistakes, uh, we somehow act like that's their fault. Uh, I, I know that I made plenty of mistakes when I was a brand new EMT and a brand new paramedic. Um, I had the luxury of being at a small mom and pop EMS agency that, that kind of mentored me and, you, you know, what, what's the old saying, Chris, the burned hand teaches best. Uh, you know, we learn more and we grow more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. And, and a good partner and a good mentor understands that and allows a a new EMT to make their mistakes in a non-punitive environment, you know, and, and looks at them as learning opportunities, uh, rather than, than, uh, calls for punishment. And yeah. and the good the good partner, the good preceptor makes sure the rookie doesn't make mistakes that would hinder patient care or cause patient harm. They're ready to step in and intervene. But those little things, those little mistakes uh that that teach them a more efficient way to do things, uh are, are steps that they should mistakes they should make and, and allow them to make them and allow them to become uh a, an opportunity to teach. Yeah. A teachable moment.
0: Yeah, one of the things that I talk about in this space, Kelly, is name the one thing you ever did the first time that you did great. Right. E- you know, yeah. even if we think about Fair our key. skills, right? That you know, Kelly Grayson, the way that you start an IV after 25 years is that the way you started it your first day on the truck. No, we we learn to assimilate and we learn, you know, through the processes to say, you know what, I could do it this way now. But anything that we do for the first time or, or, or anything that's new, yeah. um, we we don't do it great. You know, it's mistakes, it's failures, it's figuring out, hey, if I did this, it would be better. You know how long it took me to figure out that if I taped, you know, the IV, uh, you know, the IV set against the glass, that the thing wouldn't swing and hit the patient in the face. Do you know how long it took me to figure that out? It had to have that's been a I good five years. To to you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, things like that. But anyway, uh, let's go to your next one. Number six. Uh, and I think that this is important. You and I are staunch advocates for, uh, uh, you know, mental wellness. Yes. And your number six uh, point is telling new EMTs that they need to harden up or toughen up, and yeah, you know when we depends. think about this, this that sets depends. the wrong example. And probably one of the things, and even go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pair this together with number eight, Kelly, that we allow hazing, and I've been uh, guilty of this as well of uh, hazing the new people and, you know, sending them in the store or sending them to the hospital to get a spare tire for the gurney and, and all these things that we talk about. But I think number six, telling new EMTs to harden up number eight, that we allow hazing. uh, What do you want to give us there?
1: Well, first of all, I, I don't know. You know, see, I, I define hazing as, as as a step beyond. You know, there's there's the practical jokes and the the team building things and the ragging. You know, send your new flight medic out to the flight line for a uh, a, bucket a bucket of prop wash, of yeah. Like, you know, or 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 six uh, yards of flight line. Yeah, check the check the expiration date on the fallopian tubes and that sort of thing, and those those, those kind of things are. It's still are fairly, hazing,
0: though. It still defines as hazing.
1: But but if they, well, that's why, how I would define hazing is if it results in embarrassment or uh, embarrassment or or uncomfortableness uh, in the person if they're not receiving it well, then it's time to stop. Uh, and and continuing beyond that point is hazing. Uh, if you're doing it to to bring shame to someone or humiliation to someone, you are hazing, and that that's something that has no place in our profession. Uh, if it's good for for a laugh and they can laugh with it, great. That's kind of a team building exercise. But otherwise, it's it's a delicate count, ground to tread. But you know, um, I have often said. That that we spend an inordinate amount of time recruiting adrenaline junkies and then trying to teach them to be handholders, when we should be t- recruiting handholders and teaching them how to function in a crisis, and and that whole you got to toughen up thing uh, hasn't worked for us. It has not worked for our profession. Uh, we we've taken that attitude. You better toughen up. You better harden up, or this job's going to eat you alive, son, and that kind of crap, and. Has it helped our mental wellness? Has it helped our PTSD and burnout rates? Has it done anything to reduce the number of suicides and EMS and public safety? Not a damn thing. No, we're not hard. We're brittle. And hardening up is not something hardening up is something you want to avoid. Sometimes it's inevitable. You, You get a little jaded. You get a little cynical. But man, we need to teach these new EMTs to keep that soft, chewy center uh, and uh, and and retain that compassion for as long as they possibly can because that is what's going to sustain them in a long EMS career, not being hard and, and brittle and, and losing track of why we're here in the first place. Um, and I think that a, a good mentor um, helps teach emotional resilience and And helps teach a, a new hire how to retain that compassion and that empathy for their patients while at the same time uh, developing some some constructive uh, coping mechanisms rather than the destructive ones that we we typically do that tell you to harden up. Yeah. So,
0: you know, I think that this was a good article and certainly there are more things to talk about. You know, make sure that the only feedback they get is negative or they have different set of rules for uh, supervisors and managers than they do for the field. Um, You know, they throw them into the meat grind. They're really great article and I would encourage everybody to read it. But Kelly, I want to switch gears here a little bit. And with your expertise, uh, you being a clinical educator, what tips do we have? for either the new EMTs that are out there or the people who are percepting, precepting. I mean, so let's switch this up a little bit. We know how we treat these new people, but what tips do you have to give, uh, you know, the listeners to say, maybe this is the way we should treat the new people who are coming. And not just the new EMTs, but the new paramedics as well.
1: Yeah. Well, as a a new EMT or a new paramedic, uh, don't volunteer to jump in the meat grinder. Um, you're young, you're enthusiastic, or you're new and you're enthusiastic. You may not be young, um, and you want to help out. And they hired you because they have an opening, and and they're probably short staffed, like that, like every other EMS agency in the country. But don't overwork yourself. That's that's the the fast track to career burnout. I know that when you're 25 years old and single, and and the prospect of that juicy juicy time and a half overtime, and you see those paychecks. Uh, come in that that, that's awfully tempting and you think you can sustain that and physically you probably can but emotionally and mentally you can't sustain that and that's that's a a fast track to burnout so give yourself some me time where and learn that that when your supervisors call and say hey we really need you to cover uh x and x shifts or volunteer for these shifts learn how to say no learn how to say no because you have to take care of you that's that's my advice. Number one is you can't take care of patients unless you're taking care of yourself first. And don't overwork yourself into burnout or or an early exit to your career. And and as far as supervisors and mentors, we have to be uh, we have to be mentors. Often often we uh, what we have in EMS uh, the default is a manager, and that's someone that bludgeons the their subordinates into submission with the rule book. Uh, you need to be a leader. Who does the right thing, does what's right for the company and the employees, uh, and then finds justification for that in the policy and procedure manual. And it's a, it's a different focus. Uh, you have to be a better mentor than manager, and part and parcel of that is making sure that you are taking care of your employees' needs first. And if you take care of those things well, they're going to take care of their patients and they're going to take care of the company. And That's all I have to say about that. Thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.